Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Hooked on Sports. It is episode number 176 of the podcast. My name is John Flynn. Thank you, sir, very much for listening in once again to to this podcast. And remember, you can follow this podcast on Twitter and on Instagram at hook underscore on sports. You can follow me on Twitter at John Flynn 97 and on Instagram at jflizzy. So, we've got a lot to, to take care of today. We've, we basically have four main topics we need to discuss on today's podcast. Number one, we're going to get into some major breaking news regarding Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. We are going to get into the, the latest on Jimmy Garoppolo with the 49ers and what his trade situation is going to look like. We're gonna. I'm gonna give you an interesting take on the Juan Soto situation, and then at the end, I will power rank the ten best quarterbacks in the National Football League going into the 2022 NFL season. So we we've got a lot on, uh, to discuss on today's podcast, but <clears throat> we got to begin with the bi- big news coming out of Arizona and 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 Kyler Murray. So. Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter both report that the Arizona Cardinals have signed Kyler Murray to a megabuck contract extension. It is a five-year, $230.5 million extension. It will take him for six years. $160.5 million of that is guaranteed and the two-time Pro Bowl will remain in Arizona for the foreseeable future. So, <clears throat> if you've been watching the Arizona Cardinals, you you know how dynamic of a playmaker Kyler Murray uh, can be. And we've seen that on a on, on, on a on a basis when uh, when he's connected with Cliff Kingsbury, when he uh, has another weapon in, in DeAndre Hopkins, which elevated his game. $230.5 million a year. I'm at $230.5 million overall, which is $46.1 million uh, a season, which, uh, which, which is a little bit more than, just, than the Deshaun Watson extension. That's a big, massive overpay when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals because he hasn't won a playoff game yet. He's only been to one playoff game. They had a huge missed opportunity in the COVID season of 2020 when they started 7-3 and and they couldn't make the playoffs. Then they started 7-0 and in last season. And they finished in third place in a... In the competitive NFC West, it was actually a second place, a little uh, a little ahead of the Forty ers Then they got robbed by the Super Bowl champion Rams in the wild card game at at so at SoFi Stadium. So this is a massive overpay. I don't think Kyler Murray is a top ten quarterback in 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 the in this league right now, but. But I give you all that to give you this. The Cardinals had to do it. The, the, this was this was something that, that that was a big topic of conversation in the off season. Kyler Murray expressing disappointment uh, uh, about 
about him about the the treatment. Although I could not have disagreed more with Kyle Murray in in, in real time here, because I think Kyle Murray still has a lot of growing up to do. So, but uh, but could they have done anything in a difficult NFC West with Kyle Murray potentially holding out of training camp, and have Colt McCoy or Trace McSorley be? The week one starting quarterback without DeAndre Hopkins, who was suspended for six games. Th- that isn't exactly um, uh, the, the best situation the Arizona Cardinals wanted to get into. But, but the Cardinals uh, as see Kyle Murray as their most marketable player. Uh, the Cardinals ha- had to uh, had to shed a lot of salary cap in order to make this happen in the long term. When you when uh, when you think of um, not not um, bringing in any big pieces to the offensive line. They let Chandler Jones walk in free agency, and and a lot of money was what was dedicated to uh the Kyle Murray and and his future. So they they had to do it. Uh, disagree with 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 the value amount, but they but they had to do it to um. Uh, to to uh, to make sure their quarter their 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 franchise quarterback is healthy. I still think the Cardinals can, can win a can win can win a, a good amount of games this this season in in the NFC, but. I don't view the Cardinals as a playoff team right now. I don't. I don't think the Cardinals are a playoff team this year. I. I think in in the NFC. I think. Uh, I think obviously, the the Rams, the Forty ers I think are going to be better than Arizona. I think when you look at the NFC South, you look at New Orleans and Tampa. You look at. The the Eagles and the Cowboys in the NFC East. That that could be better. So. I you you could you could see the Arizona Cardinals right now and right now I see the Arizona Cardinals as the eighth or ninth best team in the NFC and, and I think I think that that says something uh, given that all the uh, the other great young quarterbacks in this league are over in the AFC so I I think the uh, the Cardinals had to do it to give themselves a chance. I just don't think uh, that that Kyle Murray is going to lead the Cardinals to a championship uh, here. When, when when you look at is that, is that how how the Cardinals are are doing things now. N- but now that Kyle Murray uh, has the contract extension in place, it, it, it's it, Steve Kime is going to have to uh, going to have to do a better job drafting because I I really like the Isaiah Simmons pick in real time. I really, I really liked their first round pick last year in real time. That they, they, they just haven't panned out to be the players that that they're capable of being. So, that so the the track record for success for for the Cardinals in terms of their drafting ha- has to get better, and and that that's something that uh, that 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 we're we're gonna find out early on uh, if if the Cardinals are, are gonna uh, draft well. We also need to point out that there's going to be a ton of pressure on Cliff Kingsbury this season because if Cliff Kingsbury can't get this Cardinals team to the playoffs, I think there's going to be some real uh, intellectual conversations needed 
in the Arizona Cardinals organization about about the job status of Cliff Kingsbury. Because let's let's keep in mind here. Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray both came in the same year. Cliff Kingsbury came right out of college. Kyler Murray came right out of college in the in the Big Twelve. That that's where uh, both both of them came uh, come from. And and if this Cardinals team can't 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 go anywhere this year, I I, I think you need uh, the the Cardinals are going to have to uh, think about a coaching change, and it's not exactly. Uh, go, go, going to um, uh, going to fit the mold of Kyle Murray. So, by if you if you need some, if if there's someone that that needs to be buttoned up and and someone who need, needs to co- coach this Cardinals team when, when you think of guiding the uh, the franchise in the right direction when you think of uh the 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 big time roster turnover that's going to happen within the franchise next couple of years, yeah. I think the Cardinals uh, have a have a huge season uh, coming up here, and there's going to be a lot of pressure on Cliff Kingsbury, and a lot of pressure on Kyler Murray. And the, the first six weeks without DeAndre Hopkins are going to tell us everything we need to know about Kyler Murray going forward. So, so buckle up, Buttercup. It's 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 going to be uh it, it it's going to be uh, a, a very interesting ride here when it comes to. Kyle Murray is coming up. It's uh, coming of age that's needed here for the Arizona Cardinals. Now let let let's turn things over to Jimmy Garoppolo because the uh, the San Francisco Forty ers have allowed Jimmy Garoppolo to, to to seek trade options and and to and to look at a trade because it, it is something that right now makes too much sense. For the San Francisco 49ers to do because let's start with the 49ers themselves because it it was it was John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan that 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 traded up to draft Trey Lance in the draft. Now, I I thought Mac Jones was the pick for San Francisco and number three, but but it seems that Trey Lance fits in better with the system that that Kyle Shanahan uh, uh, employs and. And and worked so well into into the system in terms of winning games, but Trey Lance and, and uh, can't have any distractions go, go, going into training camp. Uh, so they 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 need to find a way uh, to get Jimmy Garoppolo out of San Francisco and into in, in, into a place uh, of security here. Now, Colin Cowherd on 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 the herd suggested that the Giants. Could could be a team that's going to be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo, so let's so what well, let's talk about the Giants. Let's take a look. Let's look at potentially the Seattle Seahawks. Let's take a look at the Cleveland Browns. So for the Giants, obviously this is going to be the final year with Daniel Jones as the quarterback for for the Giants, and and it, it is clear that that Joe Shane wants to move on. From Daniel Jones at the end of uh, uh, at, when his contract expires at the end of the season, so that so, so the Giants uh, uh, will have a need at, at the quarterback and and and, it, and depending on where the where the Giants land in the draft order next year, they're they're probably going to wind up drafting the franchise quarterback next season uh, in, in the draft next offseason. and that's going to be the one that Joe Shane Brian Dable are going to ride with. 
uh, for for their tenures as as Giants GM and head coach. So Jimmy Garoppolo coming in makes very few mistakes, doesn't turn the ball over often. That that that, that was a big weakness of Daniel Jones the past three years, and, and and I think Jimmy Garoppolo would be able to help Daniel Jones on that department. So I could see how Colin Cowherd want uh thinks the Giants make sense for Jimmy Garoppolo, but I I I think. Uh, I think the Giants are going to be interested uh, in in picking their own quarterback in come 2023. So, I, obviously, things can change. Brian Dable uh, saw the development uh, uh, saw the development of Josh Allen turn turn uh, turn what was a project quarterback in, in, into a megastar. How about the Cleveland Browns? So, I think uh, a trade to Cleveland makes too much sense. For, for the Browns. So, well, let, let's take a look at a couple of things here. One, the Cleveland Browns are, are anticipating a, a, a suspension for Deshaun Watson uh, th- that amounts to eight games. So, so a couple of things here for Cleveland. If Deshaun Watson gets suspended longer than eight games, the 40, uh, they, they have to pull the trigger and ask for Jimmy Garoppolo because the Browns right now have $48.7 million in cap space. That is $33 million more than the team with the next highest cap space. So, there's, so but remember, that, that, that's by design because the Browns anticipate a Deshaun Watson suspension in which his cap hit this year is only $1 million, whereas in 2023, the cap space will be Forty-five million dollars, but because because that that's uh, that's to reflect for the fully guaranteed money that Deshaun Watson uh, is scheduled to make for the for for the rest of his contract that the Cleveland Browns agreed to. So, so, so Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, would make a lot of sense. Uh, he doesn't need to uh, need to make plays himself because. He would have a great offensive line. He would have uh, the best running back duo, in my opinion, in the NFL with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. He has Amari Cooper as a, as a number one target. He's got uh, the, the Browns have a, ter- a terrific defense. And, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo uh, uh, is the type of quarterback that can take the Browns to the playoffs if, if the if the Browns make that trade, so so I I think the Browns are going to are are, are going are going to figure something out on that front. It, it's just a matter of if the Browns want to do it, and this 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 would only be a one year thing, if for uh, for for um Jimmy Garoppolo and the Cleveland Browns if Deshaun Watson's suspension comes down that as more than eight games this season. So that's going to be a topic that that is going to be looking at, but but now how about the Seattle Seahawks? So it, but let let's be realistic. If you're Seattle, can you have Drew Locke or Geno Smith be a Week One starter? I I would have I would have to make a, you have to make a case that the Seattle Seahawks have the worst quarterback room in the NFL, and. That they still haven't traded Tyler Lockett yet. They still haven't traded DK Metcalf yet, so, and and the the offensive line is a little bit better because they they, they drafted uh, the tackle with 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 the ninth overall pick in, in, in the draft. So so they got they got better up there, 
would, would it behoove the Seahawks uh, to, to show that they're somewhat competitive and trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? I know it's in the division, so uh, but 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 the the Seahawks can win more games uh, than, uh, this year than they than they would, would normally have if if Jimmy Garoppolo is a starting quarterback. I mean, if you looked at Drew Locke, I th- I thought Drew Locke was was gonna be was gonna be a sneaky steal for the Broncos. That obviously did not turn out that way. Geno Smith's mechanics and fundamentals are so poor for this league. So I I think Jimmy Garoppolo would make a lot of sense for Seattle. I think it would make a lot a lot of sense for the Cleveland Browns. There there is another team that that is interested that that made a call on Jimmy Garoppolo and Cam Marino uh, is an outstanding reporter for StackingTheBoard.com and NFL writer on that. The Atlanta Falcons are, are a team that, that that inquired in on Jimmy Garoppolo, and I I I, I fully understand. I think Jimmy uh, Terry Fontenot would want a quarterback other than so uh, than Marcus Mariota to start. And I know I know that Arthur Smith and Marcus Mariota worked together for for a couple of years with the Tennessee Titans. That's why Mariota is in uh, in Atlanta. So he is so. Uh, Mariota could have his uh, could have a quarterback there, so I I think with all intents and purposes here for 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 the Atlanta Falcons they they should I I would I would rather punt the the season because you know Jimmy Garoppolo uh, as as much of an upgrade as he would be the 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 the, the Falcons roster is just too barren. On, on all, all sorts of areas, you look at the wide receiver position without Calvin Ridley. You look at the defense, which is a mess, and and and, and you look and you look at the overall roster, and 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 it's really, it's really going to be designed on getting a higher picks in the next couple of drafts. So if if you are a fan of the Atlanta Falcons, uh, I I would certainly like like to to see uh, uh some entertaining ball here, but. So, but it's not worth the draft picks, and, and which will be early in rounds that the Falcons would give up here, in, in this situation. Okay, so I have takes to get off my chest when it comes to the Juan Soto sweepstakes. Now, Bob Nightingale of USA Today reported this afternoon that there are seven teams that that have already phoned in. To the to the Nationals about the possibility of trading for Juan Soto. They are the Mets, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Padres, the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Mariners. So those seven teams have already had some form of discussion revolving Juan Soto. Now, there are two sides to to this argument about. About taking on the services of Juan Soto. Now, so uh, the Nats are going to be asking teams also to take on the contract of Patrick Corbin in a potential trade as well. So, there's a few things to keep in mind here. Juan Soto is scheduled to be a free agent following the end of the 2024 season. So, the team that acquires Juan, uh, Juan Soto right now will have two and a half years of team control before free agency. 
Now, what about the arbitration, uh, you might say? His salary this season is $17,100,000. So you bet your bottom dollar that number is going to increase next year and the year after. So... This, so a team is going to have to pay Juan Soto a big bucks next year and the following year before he even touches free agency. That's when the uh, conversations about him being owed, uh, getting five, $500 million in a contract would be in the conversation. So, so with that in mind, there are a few teams uh, that have the prospects and the financials to do it. So... To me, the Dodgers make sense for Soto because the Dodgers are a perennial World Series contender. They already have Mookie Betts. They already have Freddie Freeman. They have a lot of money. They have a lot of prospects that they're willing to uh, to trade out. And the, the Nats already liked what they got from, from from the Dodgers in a previous trade involving a superstar. Remember when they traded rentals Max Scherzer and uh, to the to the Dodgers along with Trey Turner. So the the Nats got back a a young promising prospect catcher back in Kibut Ruiz, and Kibut Ruiz has been pretty good this season with 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 everything that's been going on with the Nationals. The Yankees make sense for Juan Soto uh, because there is a strong possibility that the Yankees will let Aaron Judge walk in free agency, which would plug right field in uh, perfectly for Juan Soto, and he can take full advantage of the short porch in right field for a decade to come. So, so that that's a possibility for the Yankees. Uh, also, the Mets. Now, the Mets can work as as a potential suitor for Juan Soto. And Soto said, uh, uh, reports are, that, that Soto believes that, that, he, that he's the best fit to play for the Mets. So, what exactly is Steve Cohen going to value here? Now, the farm system was a point of deficiency upon uh, upon ownership takeover, uh, a farm system that the Wilpons left in ruins with the Bodie Van Wagen and uh, experiment being a colossal failure and leaving the French of uh, the the um, roster in ruins. And also that the Nats might be inclined not to trade him within the uh, within the division. <clears throat> so the the Mets can work, but but Mets fans should not uh, pretend that it, this is the end of the world here if if they they can't get a trade done for Juan Soto. Now, the Mets had a very good draft uh, uh, that just finished. They, they got the best catcher uh, catcher in, in the draft in Kevin Parada. And they also got a, 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 a promising high school shortstop in Jet Williams from, from, from Texas, al- along with others. So, so the Mets' farm system is, is significantly better today than it was... A few days ago, so the Mets can work as a partner, but do the do the Nats want to trade within the division? Now, the Padres would would be great. I think the Giants could be dreamy for Soto because because the the Giants have legends in their own right in Willie Mays and Barry Bonds, who who patrolled the outfield and and capable of hitting. A lot of home runs, and 
Soto is uh, has 118 of them before before he even touches uh, 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 touches the second half of the season. So, so that that could be something to to discuss. And let's remind ourselves what Juan Soto has done, but before we have an argument against trading for Juan Soto. Now, Soto is twenty three years old and isn't close to entering his prime yet. And he won a championship in year two three years ago. He was a he won the batting title in year three, albeit the COVID season. Home run derby champion in year five, MVP runner up in year four, two uh, silver slugger in year three and four, all stars uh, in years four and five, and last year he had 145 walks, the most walks in a season uh, since uh, since Barry Bonds uh, back in the early 2000s. So. I, I I look at Juan Soto and the way he's been playing, he is on a trajectory to be one of the greatest players of all time. So so let let's measure up and some the the greats in in, uh, in in baseball history. So I'm gonna give you who I think are the five greatest players ever not to play for the Yankees. Now the Yankees have uh, have a lot of players who are up there and Ruth. Garrick, DiMaggio, Mantle—they all have—they all have won at least four championships with the Yankees. So let, let's t- let's uh, take the Yankees out. So I I I I could say that the five best remaining players, and uh, one of them has an asterisk because uh, because of the steroid usage, but I'll still put him there anyway. Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, Ted Williams, Barry Bonds, and Ty Cobb. So you you can make the case that those are the five greatest non-Yankee players to ever play the game, and and a lot of a lot of fans are 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 so warped in in what's in the big trades that happen in the NBA, right? Because you you think of uh, of of the players that that are that win championships and and, and are the MVPs, and it it takes one player to completely transform. The franchise now. Soto is great. I don't because it, it's it's going to take more than Juan Soto uh, to, to field a championship caliber team. Just ask the Nationals. Just ask the LA Angels, who have two of the best position players in all of baseball, in Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. Yet the Angels are offensive to the senses because because they're terrible everywhere else. So, but let's take a look at the championship. Um, uh, championship um, numbers of of these five players: Mays, Aaron, Williams, Bonds, and Cobb. Willie Mays won one championship in in his fourth year. Now it's nineteen fifty four with the New York Giants, uh, a four game sweep of the then one hundred eleven win Cleveland Indians in in fifty four. Hank Garrett won. A World Series in year four, a seven game triumph over the Yankees in 1957, led by Series MVP Lou, uh, Lou, Lou Burdett. How about Ted Williams? He, uh, he, he went to the World Series once in year five, and, the Red, and his Red Sox team lost to the St. Louis Cardinals in game seven of the World Series, made famous by the mad dash by Enos Slaughter. Um, 
uh, in uh, to win the game, win the game and the series for St. Louis. Barry Bonds made the playoffs seven times. He only won a playoff series in one of those years. That was two thousand two, year seventeen of his career, and year ten with the Giants. And in that year, the Giants blew a five nothing lead in Game Six of the World Series with eight outs to go uh, from a championship. The Giants were up 3-2. The Angels came back with Scott Spezio's three-run homer and Troy Gloss's two-run double uh, to, to, to cap the comeback. And then the Angels won the World Series the next night. And then Ty Cobb, he, he went to three World Series in a row in from 1907 to 1909 with the Tigers. That was year three, four, and five of his career. And he lost all of them, including a seven-game loss to the Pittsburgh Pirates and Hunas Wagner in 1909. So the the team that gives up Soto is going to have to give up a lot. A a lot like, you know, similar to, uh, to the package that the Seattle Seahawks got back in the Russell Wilson trade. Sim- similar to what the Houston Rockets got in the uh, 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 or uh, in the James Harden trade, or Paul jo- or, or the Oklahoma City Thunder got back in the Paul George trade. So it's going to take a lot of prospects and financials for, for that uh, for them to do that. It just makes sense that the Mets, Yankees, and Dodgers are the three teams. Uh, that that will that will be in on Juan Soto when the sweepstakes come come to an end on August second. All right, so now let's wrap up today's podcast by counting down my picks for the top ten quarterbacks in the National Football League going into the twenty twenty two season. So. So, so, so this is the preliminary ranking, and and th- things can change as the season comes along, as there are no more developments going along the way. But uh, no, number 10 on my list, I got to go with Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I don't think Dak Prescott's ever going to be on the Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady level. I, I just don't see that happening uh, when it comes to Dak, but... We we've saw we've seen what oh, he he he's done the last couple of years on, on uh, offensively with with his ability to uh, to to rack up a lot of uh, gaudy statistics and 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 create some noise uh, uh with 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 his arm as well as what he can do with his legs something we've seen in years past but Dak Prescott does not make many mistakes so he he he, uh, he can throw he. he He's finally learned how to th- uh, how to throw the ball in the pocket under pressure, and and, and I think Pres- Prescott's um, experience and leadership and ex- and experience uh, will bode the Dallas Cowboys well when it comes to uh, their chances of making the playoffs this year in a in a in a less than stellar NFC. Number nine, I got to put Matthew Stafford there, the the defending Super Bowl champion quarterback. Matthew Stafford was tremendous last year uh, with 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 Sean McVay, and we've already known, and we we saw for for more than a decade in Detroit, Stafford's quarterback ability and his talent. So, but he he took all that and took his game to a whole different level. 
um, last season. Now, the interceptions were, were, were a little too much. He led the NFL with 17 interceptions last year. So, but uh, nearly 5,000 yards passing, four, uh, 41 touchdowns, a passer rating of 103, which is rare for a quarterback that, that threw 17, inter- 17 interceptions. But he, he's got Robert, uh, he's got, um, uh, Cooper Cup, uh, one of the ga- one of the game's premier receivers. He's he he's he got Allen Robinson from the Bears uh, available this season. So I so I think the Rams are a, a team that, that I I think is as good as anybody in the NFC going into the season. And I don't just say that because they're the defending Super Bowl champion champions, but. But the marriage between Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford is, is is just off the charts, unbelievable. And if you are a Rams fan, you've got to be excited about a, another year of Matthew Stafford throwing bombs to Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson and potentially Odell Beckham Jr. in there as well. Number three, I'm going to put Justin Herbert of of the Chargers. On, on the list because I, I think uh, Justin Herbert is a tremendous quarterback and Justin Herbert uh, is one, one of the most talented arms we've seen from a quarterback in quite some time and uh, we, we, we've seen it all around in, in the passing game and, and, his, and his ability to make plays when, when things going rough his, uh, keeping his team in, in games against tough opponents like, like the Chiefs like so like the Raiders, although um, you'll never get over Brandon Staley not calling the timeout in the in in the winner take all a playoff spot game for uh, between the Chargers and the Raiders. But 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 Justin Herbert is going to be excellent again this this season, and it's going to be year year three. He I I think he has a he has a big desire to go make the go out and make the playoffs this year. Uh, and take advantage of a strong Chargers roster. I think the Chargers are gonna are gonna be uh, up up there that that are one of the three or four best teams in the AFC this year. So I, I and I think uh, Justin Herbert bringing in hope to the Chargers organization has a lot to do with with that. Number seven, I'm putting Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow right there. So because Joe Burrow had a tremendous, tremendous season last year. Uh, he, uh, he, his ability to, um, uh, to, uh, to, to stay cool and uh, participated in a, in a lot of tough games and a lot of close games and 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 he, and he simply just he simply just kept going. And if you look at his numbers from last season, uh, and this is in, in spite of a bad offensive line, he threw for 4,600 yards, 34 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, passer rating close to uh, close to uh, 110, 70% completion percentage, and and now what he's what what he's got right now is is a tremendous op- is a much improved offensive line. Uh, go, going into the season, so Joe Burrow, I think, is is, is in for an, another fun season. Uh, if you are a fan of the Cincinnati Bengals, number six is Lamar Jackson, the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. I can't put Lamar Jackson any lower than number six, uh, guys. Not because I because I know uh, we're all obsessed with Joe Joe Burrow. We're all obsessed with Justin Herbert, I, and I, and I love those cats a lot. But, but but Lamar Jackson is is 
primed for a huge contract extension coming up soon, and that's very well deserved because he, a f- former MVP, and, and I thought he, yeah, when when he was healthy last year, uh, amidst the injuries to J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram, uh, um, among others, I thought he had a fantastic year before, uh, b- before he went down to the uh to uh to the injury and and look the 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 difference between uh between the Ravens with Lamar Jackson and without Lamar Jackson are. Are, are are head and shoulders that the Ravens were uh, were a, d- a dead duck walking when, uh, when when Lamar Jackson wasn't available and and he had to do a lot of things last year he he he's, he wasn't used to do uh to be doing he he, he can still rush six yards a, a rush some but but I think but I think his throwing ability and, and throwing it in in under pressure we we, we saw that more often. Uh, last year, then in, in his MVP year three years ago, where where life was just so easy for him uh, behind center. So, Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens. I think the Ravens are in the conversation for the Super Bowl, and and, and as as long as Lamar Jackson continues to elevate his game, I I think uh, he'll remain a star in Baltimore for years to come with a uh, with a, hef- a much heftier price tag. Number five is Russell Wilson, the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. Look, have people not uh, have people forgotten that Russell Wilson exists? Because I've seen a lot of rankings from smart people that have Russell Wilson between number eight and number eleven among the quarterbacks in the NFL. Because Russell Wilson has been incredible uh, with 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 bad teams. Remember, he got Seattle to the playoffs. In in 2019, he got Seattle to the playoffs in 2020 amidst bad rosters. Say so that he he played like an MVP the first half of the 2020 season, and he put up really nice numbers last year in, in spite of a in, in spite of a a bad offensive line and in, injuries to Chris Carson and others. Now, Russell Wilson has an, a better offensive line with Denver. He's got you know, he's got a, a lot of weapons. Yeah, he he can play with from. Tim Patrick to Cortland Sutton to Jerry uh, Jerry Judy and others, I th- I think the Denver Broncos are going to surprise a lot of people this season, and 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 that, and 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 you, and you look at the defense and, and all that. George Payton is a heck of a general manager and a heck of a football mind, and I think Russell Wilson is going to lead the Denver Broncos to multiple playoff wins in twenty twenty two. Number four, Tom Brady, quarterback, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you, 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 you know, uh, this is, uh, you, you've known me from the past that that it is really tough to pick against Tom Brady in, in this league, and 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 we we've seen it time and time again. Him winning playoff games left and right. He, uh, and he, he probably he would have won the Super Bowl last year. I thought if. If any other any of his wide receivers were healthy, other, uh, uh, last season, so but now it's going to be a different animal this year because Rob Gronkowski is not going to be available because uh, uh, right now because he's currently retired. Although I highly doubt he's played his last football in the NFL. Uh, I do, do like the the Kyle Rudolph signing. The Vikings did sign Kyle Rudolph to a one year deal last night. And and I think that that's an upgrade over what the Bucks uh, uh, had recently. So I I think a, a veteran like Rudolph can work well 
with with, with what they have right now. So, but but Tom Brady let, let, was a tremendous quarterback last year, and I know he he's he's probably gonna have, have a, a bigger load on his sleeve because of the because Leonard Fournette came in uh, gaining thirty pounds, but. Last year, he led the NFL in passing yards in 53-16. He was through 43 touchdowns, led the NFL, and was number two in the MVP voting last year behind Aaron Rodgers. So Tom Brady is, is someone you, you don't want to count out when, when it comes to the 2022 season. Number three is Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Now, the offense is going to be weak to start. And and that's gonna be a uh, and that that's an expected take with you know Devontae Adams no longer uh, no longer available uh, now with the Raiders and Marquez Valdez Scantling now with Kansas City, so but but Aaron Rodgers is 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 a pros pro he he's paid fifty million dollars for a reason he's. Won the MVP each of the last two years with it with his incredible play. It's going to be a lot tougher, but I still think Aaron Rodgers uh, can, can win a lot of games uh, with, with with his decision making ability and, and his ability to uh, to keep the, the football from the opposing teams. And I I I discussed in length two weeks ago why why the defense makes the Packers a a legitimate Super Bowl contender. But Aaron Rodgers has seen that, done that. Champ, uh, Super Bowl winner, four-time MVP. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers belongs uh, on on that on that level of play in in terms of the best in the National Football League. Number two, th- this was a tough one, but I'm gonna go with Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. I I think Josh Allen is going to be in for an amazing season this year. Uh, I I think I think he's got in- incredible weapons around him, of course. And 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 Josh Allen is is just a a certified superstar, and and he he's going going into a huge a huge contract extension numbers this year, and 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 when when you when you look at what he can do to elevate his game to another level, that you you could look no further to what what it was like in. In 2020, he had 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, a 107.2 passer rating. Uh, the Bills going 13 and three in that season. Now, last year, what I thought was 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 a bit rough because because the Bills lost a lot of close games that that, that they should have won, and I think that that has to do with with Sean McDermott getting in over his head. So but but Josh Allen is more than capable of of taking his game to uh, to the next level uh, this season with the Buffalo Bills and and and, and now now he's got a a a a potential three down back behind him in James Cook. That was a really nice pick out of Georgia. And and if you are if you are a Bills fan and, and you're looking at this offensive line, you're looking at the receivers. I I, I think you've got to be giddy about uh, about what the Bills can do offensively in 2022. And I love the fact that Ken Dorsey is taking over as the offensive coordinator coordinator after Brian Dable left to take the head coaching job with the Giants. So it, it it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a show in Buffalo as as, as this is a team that's capable of winning the championship this season. And number one, you 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 know I'm obsessed with him. You 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 know by listening by listening to this podcast, I just simply re- refuse to pick against my guy Patrick Mahomes. 
But but I still think Patrick Mahomes is is the best quarterback in the National Football League going going into uh the, the season and 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 um and Mahomes proved a lot of people wrong last year there uh that that he he put up uh phenomenal numbers Patrick Mahomes is is that type of player that that's worth a half a billion dollars and. And and every everything just just speaks up for himself. Uh, his ability to win games that that he already an MVP. He he uh, he's played at the AFC Championship game four years in a row. All of them at Arrowhead. That no nobody's ever done that before. And 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 Mahomes just simply wins games and. And whether you like him or not, whether you you don't like him from his brother doing the TikToks, and that's going to happen a lot with Juju Smith Schuster. So, uh, but Patrick Mahomes is is just uh, just takes his game and elevates uh, elevates everyone else to another level. And the the marriage between Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, and Patrick Mahomes is is just a thing of beauty, and and. And and his and his ability to do so many different things and and be be a playmaker, be an impact playmaker, that 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 is bar none and 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 second to none when it com- when it comes to the Chiefs. Now, I I I am everything of, of from from what I'm seeing on the rosters throughout the AFC with with the defenses with 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 the receivers with with the offensive lines. Uh, I, I I'm gonna be more inclined than ever to uh, to pick the Chiefs to go to the playoffs, and I I think the Chiefs. Uh, but when when you look when you look at the AFC West standings, I I, I am under uh, uh of the camp that believes that the Chiefs are the third best team in the AFC West behind the Broncos and the Chargers. I don't think the Chiefs' defense is at the level of Denver's, and I don't think you know, the Chiefs are at the level of the Chargers, especially when you look at the secondary, when you look at the the front four. So, uh, but I think uh, Patrick Mahomes, um, his his command of an offense and, 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 his, and his leadership ability... I think makes makes him second to none, and makes him as dangerous a playmaker as anybody in in the NFL. So, and Patrick Mahomes, his ability to create weapons, uh, is second to none in in this league. And you you look at Tyree Kill's production after he took over as the quarterback, that went up the roof. Travis Kelsey became one of the great greatest tight ends of the history of the NFL. Um, uh, and his his numbers went up after Mahomes took over, so so Mahomes' ability to make everyone else around him, it, 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 he has a better ability to do that than a- a- any other quarterback in the NFL. And with that, that's where I put Patrick Mahomes as number one in the NFL. And that's gonna do it for this edition of Hooked on Sports. I'll be back here on the podcast next week. So until then, this is John Flynn saying so long, and I'll be back here on the podcast next week. So long, everybody.